Level 5. Raise the bar. Prepare for the upgrade. Level 5. Raise the bar. Prepare for the Let's begin. 20, 22, 23. Raise the bar. The bar. Pearson, 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 and you, you are listening. Level Next Podcast. It's yes. the Doodlebug. Wellness, philosophy, the culture. And snort laugh. Hey! <laughs> 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 Pull out a record. Hey kids, gather around. Greetings again, you beautiful earthlings. My name is Moni Pearson. Some know me as La Doodlebug. And the name of this podcast is called Level Next, where your growth and evolution is inevitable. Can we believe that April is already past the halfway point of 2023 and the highlight of the month is finally here, kids? Yeah. <laughs> Forward to the 20 shout out to the black market making that money, <laughs> and even like the little speck of you guys who do it legally because <laughs> honestly the history behind hemp cannabis weed and good ganja is one that we really need to understand in greater detail I've had quite the relationship with cannabis personally over the years and I wanted to take some time to you know speak on this topic from my personal viewpoint okay your support and time is greatly appreciated for those who are listening please visit monipearson.com home of the level next blog to accompany this podcast please follow level next the brand on instagram and subscribe to level next slash monipearson on youtube that's youtube.com slash monipearson where the bulk of my content will be housed and there you will find many wellness related topics that will be up and running by may of this year and much like my other brethren who cover this topic my goal is to make sure that people understand that you know all is not lost if you feel like you're backed into a corner when it comes to your personal health there are solutions to these problems so i always want you to know that you can always reach out to me level next to brand um at gmail.com if you have any questions all of our conversations are fully confidential if you would like to reach out i do send out a non-disclosure agreement between the two of us and a confidentiality agreement so that we both understand that this doesn't leave the two of us and that you have added security for our conversations for those of you who are asking yourself what credentials do i have to offer advice or an educated perspective on mental health Rightfully so, you should ask those questions. On the about section of MoniPearson.com, I will have a snapshot of my educational history. I would heavily encourage the people who are hell-bent on certifications to remember that some of our greatest healers in society have more case studies than credentials. And I definitely have that. Level Next Podcast. It's the Doodlebug. You're listening to. My spirit has always known and now my body is catching up. Feel free to catch up with me and I'd love to see you there. Now back to my story. <laughs> I don't know what kind of laugh that was. Just 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 stay with me. It was a snowy evening in November of 1982. Okay, I won't go back that far. But I will rewind back to the year 2001 when I first shared a joint with my ex-boyfriend. And one thing I noticed back then is that I had zero problems going to sleep. Mind you, this is before the loud era. 
The strength levels of the happy flowers have changed, right? And grown a few more alien antennas compared to 2001, is all I'm saying, right? So, you know, we would smoke in his garage. And the next thing I remember is everyone in a light D-flat melody of snores, okay? Then I'd remember how my older brother would invite me over to hang with him and his girlfriend at the time. And I smoked with them, but I never fully connected to it. I just, you know, it was just like... You know, quick little refreshment to to lighten the mood. That's how I looked at it for so many years. Um, I remember I smoked with an ex. And then I had to drive probably about 50 miles south of where I was to Richmond to go to VCU. Um, where I had some sorority sisters there for some event that was going on. I can't even remember the event. It was an ultimate challenge for my focus, right? Had no business driving in my condition back then, right? (laughs) So I literally circled the block. (laughs) I circled the block. I literally circled the block of the neighborhood that I was in three times before I found the opening to the main road. I'm showing up to the spot on my meth and red man dedication to see my sorority sisters, right? Good Lord, that was raggedy of me to show up like that. But nonetheless, we had a great time. But I have no idea if I showed up looking like Cephas and Reese. The kids don't know who that is, but they were great Americans, according to the um, Wayans family uh, during the Unliving Color days, you know. Shout out to my uh, Gen X people because I feel like I got y'all listening every once in a while. But, you know, my experience where we like in my 20s was a very like hit and miss one. It was definitely not one that was like, okay, I need this. I want this. Do y'all got some? Like if it was around and I was in the mood. I would partake and it was nothing more nothing less it was pretty much where it was so then we fast forward into my 30s and life is a tad more gangster it's just a it's a touch a touch a sprinkle if you will a little more gangster Shawshank Redemptions type situation it wasn't that bad but the point is is that metaphorically it was a whole lot of gangsterisms going on um and It definitely took a toll on my mental health, my peace of mind, um, my ability to function. And I made a conscious decision to pick up the habit of smoking marijuana. That was a conscious decision that I made back in about 2017. And it's terrible because I will say your memory is definitely uh, compromised in this whole struggle. And it's funny, you know, as much as um, we get the awful rap of um, contributing to memory loss in so many people, um, when I spoke to the gentleman Toker um, last year, he actually told me that he appreciated the memory loss that he experienced as a result of weed usage. He mentioned that deleting certain experiences from his mind has actually been beneficial to him, which I thought was interesting because, you know, I'm watching all kinds of documentaries that specifically talk about memory loss in a negative way, especially when referring to kids or the effect it could have on the, their developmental stages. And I felt like that was a totally different angle to see it. So, um, I know for me, I personally um, have struggled with anxiety. I personally have struggled with using 
um, medications and things and um, addiction to uh, painkillers, really. And I would honestly say that the conscious effort, the conscious decision that I made to use marijuana um, is one that probably saved my life in certain ways because it helped me see that. And honestly, and from my personal experience, it just unlocks a, a section of creativity in my mind that I don't feel I always have access to without it. Now, I don't feel that I'm dependent on it, but I definitely think that there's this line <laughs> because I know that I would have a better day having it available to me than the other way around. So. so the next history lesson is the actual background of hemp cultivation. Hemp is defined by law as C sativa plants that have low levels of the psychoactive compound known as THC. Hemp cultivation began 12,000 years ago in China. So happy flowers have been used for many, 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 many years as a medicine, an important food source, textile creation, paper, energy, oil, etc. for thousands of years. Trees replaced hemp as a source of many items like paper around the 19th century. Other industries took over, such as cotton, which contributes to more earthly pollution. But the issue was one of, you guessed it, power and control. So times where the conversation of cannabis and its legality was reintroduced, for example, during the Nixon administration that ran from 1969 to 1974, people tried to bring this back up saying, we got some findings here. Nixon was presented with a wealth of scientific evidence that hemp plants were way more beneficial than harmful. And not only did he dismiss these findings, he decided to remix the reputation of weed that had already been persuaded into the minds of many Americans via the movie Reefer Madness and outlandish goofy as hell commercials about the alleged dangers of marijuana usage and attach it all to the non-white communities and then declare war on drugs. Good old Nixon. God rest his soul. Anywho, the creativity runs abundant, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Anywho, okay. So, the United States has used drug laws to selectively target specific communities for more than a century. In the 1870s, anti-opium laws were aimed at Chinese immigrants. In the 1910s and 1920s, anti-cannabis laws introduced in the Midwest and Southwest targeted Mexican-Americans and migrants. As John Ehrlichman, a top Nixon aide, revealed in a 1994 interview that was published in 2016. Okay, okay. So it was a 1994 interview that wasn't published until 2016 that the war on drugs itself was designed to target black people and hippies. It's the doodlebug. So we're going to go back to Nixon, okay? So this uh, John Ehrlichman guy that was interviewed back in 1994, he says the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. 
But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break, their, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. <laughs> so their plan set the country on a misguided, punitive, and counterproductive path it pursues today as administrations since have carried it forward. Incarceration rates skyrocketed during Ronald Reagan's presidency. Incarceration rates skyrocketed during Ronald Reagan's presidency, surging from 50,000 in 1980 to over 400,000 by 1997. And Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump made their own damaging contributions to escalating the drug war. I'm gonna actually cite this information from Vera.org that I am pulling this from, but a new poll by the American Level, Level, a new poll by the American Civil Liberties Union shows that 65% of voters support ending the war on drugs. They recognize that current drug policies have led to the incarceration of millions while doing nothing to make the country safer or healthier. Furthermore, 66% support in eliminating all criminal penalties for drug possession and investing the resources saved in treatment and addiction services. Understand that law enforcement, if you look at it from a statistical perspective, has increased violence. Not de it hasn't decreased anything, okay? But we have accepted these things as our natural way of society while they continue to make more money to oppress people of color. Level okay. next podcast. It's so, the Doodlebug. You're cannabis listening to. and its impact on society is a topic that specifically hits home for me personally for multiple reasons, okay? Reason number one, the legal market of cannabis and how it's overtaxed and overregulated. It's only a booming market for a select few, leaving so many owners unable to handle the endless costs of maintaining your checks and balances. Regulations are also different in every state, which is really awful and unnecessary. This causes the next issue, which is barriers to research for doctors to properly treat their patients. There really is no logical reason why there isn't more credible information available for practitioners to help their patients, especially and specifically ones who have shown benefit from the cannabis usage. So I'm watching this documentary, I think PBS did it um, last year, 2022, where um, you had two kids and um, two of them suffered with epileptic seizures, right? One of them didn't get treatment with cannabis soon enough um, for him to avoid the brain damage that often comes along with the seizures that occur. Because this is all electricity that's firing in, a, in your brain a certain way. And the other guy, the other, the other little guy that um, received cannabis treatment, he's seizure free, okay? But not before his parents had to go through a very grueling task of getting these products to their son that worked exponentially better than anything that came out of the pharmacy 
prescribed by their doctor. So, you know, there are a number of people who have had their trust broken, people that aren't of color, that have had their trust broken by practitioners and doctors who thought that medication, over-medicating, over-prescribing was the key and using a person as a guinea pig to see what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. Well, this is the problem. When you have these types of behaviors of, you know, treating your patients like, you know, experiments, and, and that's not to, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for doctors who practice medicine personally, but the institution that, that doctors have to work under is very disingenuous. Why? Because it's not meant to give the patients a cure. It's not meant to cure anyone. It's meant to quote unquote, treat them. And in the meantime of treating them, you have taken a litany of drugs that has done God knows what to your system. You have God knows what kind of side effects. And hopefully, if you're lucky, you're not stuck with this medication that you have to take forever because that's often the issue. Getting off the medication can be even worse than getting on the medication depending on what you're taking. So speaking on the barriers to research, um, a gentleman that I dated for a couple of years has a daughter who's autistic. And I, at the beginning of our relationship, and she was so young at the time, there were often times where I was unaware of what the autism was actually doing. And I would, you know, I, I looked at that situation with... Um, I grew. I can just say that I grew. I grew a lot in my understanding and my knowledge because it's a very behavioral disorder, right? Or a um, um, a situation, right? And the one, the reason why I'm bringing her up, um, I love her very much. Very remorseful that I didn't have more understanding or the understanding that I have now because. I believe that, you know, there were things I was picking up on this rhythm when I was around her. There were things that her aura and her soul would communicate and I'd pick up on it and it would be this like rhythm that her verbal physical part of her wasn't exactly doing because she didn't have always have the ability to clearly articulate herself, you know, and it's it's crazy because, you know, it made me feel like there was more information that needed to be picked up here about her as a whole, her thoughts, her fears, and the way she was processing and learning from her environment. And so when I was dating my ex or whatever, I was still a newbie to the world of cannabis. So there was no product that I felt very strongly about in a clear way that I felt would help. And I know her dad would talk to different people that might have had products and this, that, and the third. My prayer is that there's been more developments with things that would be of benefit to her. But the thing that, you know, hits me most about that situation is that in the documentary that I saw, um, it talked podcast. a lot about it's the doodlebug um, you're listening to. It just talked a lot about artistic. They had one art autistic baby that um, you could clearly see the difference. And when he had more of the CBD products compared to when he did not. And my hope is that this whole barriers to research situation will get better as time passes and certain people age 
completely out of being able to block things um, in order for that to make the developments and the contributions to society that um, these young, beautiful babies deserve to have. So much love to you, Shayla. And I hope wherever you are in the world that you're doing good. And I love you very, very much. And I'm sorry that I didn't have the understanding or the maturity back when I was around you on a regular basis. Level Next Podcast. Level Next it's Podcast. It's the Doodlebug. And the next item that concerns me um, after this whole, you know, access to research is the demonization and criminalization of marijuana. And um, I think that one should be number one. But, you know, much like many of the actually healthy things in society, the quest to unlearn all of these lies that have been perpetuated in previous generations. We are starting to, you know, unpack these things and pick these things apart. Everything from religion condemnation to things like marijuana and um, the people that they try to target with these narratives, these very untrue narratives, right? So people of color at the most disadvantaged, much like all the other industries out here, right? 40 million Americans are currently behind bars due to the criminalization of marijuana. 40 million Americans, okay? It was the biggest excuse that they conjured up to collect people of color and throw them into a cage, okay? You know, um, again, when I spoke with the gentleman Toker, which he's a, a blogger and um, he has products, um, some medicinal products, I spoke with him um, in 2022 about experiences that he had as a cannabis consumer and, um, and a producer with not just having a business, but coexisting in his own community. And he was actually preparing for a move back then to rid him of neighbors who would interfere with his usage. And, you know, this is a whole Caucasian man who definitely has the whole privileged face saying that he was getting harassment because of smoking outside of his house. Okay. And picking up another paragraph on this Vera.org article, um, it says the wide ranging consequences of a drug law violation aren't limited to senseless incarceration. People with low incomes are denied food stamps and public assistance for past drug convictions. States, including Texas and Florida, suspend driver's licenses for drug offenses totally unrelated to driving, and numerous other policies deny child custody, voting rights, employment, loans, and financial aid due to people with criminal records. Okay, but it's very clear that most U.S. voters are ready to abandon this approach. And the final item that I have for concern where this topic of cannabis lies is our well-being now and in the future for our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, lineage, whoever. You know, we're losing our forests and some companies want to reintroduce hemp into paper production. Textile industry contributes to pollution because of the pesticides used during cotton production. 
They're looking for alternatives. And hemp fiber doesn't need any pesticides to be grown. It makes more sense for the environment to reintroduce hemp as a viable product for many of our goods and the things that we need out here in society. Um, it can truly help the climate crisis. And, you know, we talk about corporate greed all the time, but I definitely believe that the, the pushback and really taking this um, to the highest possible places to make, to reconcile with what hemp plants actually do, what they actually are, and how much they actually benefit our society and our world. Um, I think when it comes to usage, there is a balance because I'm gonna be a thousand with you. One thing that sobriety taught me and really that I made a lot of peace with is that you can't use weed, alcohol, anything that you use that could alter your state of mind. Using these things in improper ways and mismanaging the, the usage of these things can be very detrimental. You should never want to smoke a joint to avoid your problems. Um, should you smoke a joint to calm down so you can better, you know, so you can have a cooler head about a situation? Of course. I think that's the more medicinal approach. But if you're just constantly consuming and consuming and pushing it down and pushing it down, and I think it's easy to kind of get there if you don't, you know, take a self-reflection. You don't take time to really ask yourself, how is this benefiting me? Is this okay? Like, because anytime you smoke something, it's something that could compromise your health. But there are a lot more ways to consume THC, CBD, and, and the like. But, you know, essentially, we need to be able to destigmatize this plant in order to properly um, navigate it and solve problems with it and understand who it can solve more problems for. You know, when we think of how, you know, like pregnancy, there's a lot of people now that are saying weed is perfectly fine during a preg pregnancy, but we don't necessarily have the research to back up the, the long term effects of cannabis usage because there's been so many blocks and legislative um, stops on these types of practices. So, you know, like I said, I think it's a matter of really just being aware Unfortunately, because we live and, and for the for, for my people that are in the Americas or in North America, you also understand that, you know, it varies from state to state how they treat this whole thing. You know, it's, there's no reason and fuck why do driving through Alabama from from Las Vegas or, you know, the, the West Coast part of the United States has to spend five years in jail for. I think less than an ounce of marijuana and because he had a scale and he had a grinder they consider those paraphernalia when all these other states are legalizing it you put a man behind bars and not only just a man you put behind bars this is a man who served in Iraq for our country that you put behind bars for five years for a speck of marijuana 
like the level of disgust that I have when it comes to people who try to control and ruin lives doing these, you know, under this topic while you see this industry that's over here booming for some people. It's a very angering thing. But just know that, you know, we're continuing the fight. And I definitely, as I learn and as I grow, I'm going to share with my community and the people who care. Your support and time is greatly appreciated. For those who are listening, please visit MoniPearson.com, home of the Level Next blog, to accompany this podcast. Please follow Level Next, the brand, on Instagram and subscribe to Level Next slash Moni Pearson on YouTube. That's YouTube.com slash Moni Pearson where the bulk of my content will be housed and there you will find many wellness related topics that will be up and running by May of this year.